Welcome to the Brunch and Slay podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration. Well, we remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm your host, Amira Sain, founder of Brunch and Slay, a lifestyle brand created to inspire women to live their best lives every day. Sustain, rescue, soothe, renew, and defend your skin with Blissoma. I found a skincare line that improves my complex skin challenges in a holistic way. Blissoma's toxin-free products, healthy ingredients, and ethical business practices make it easy for me to support them. After using their products, I found a new respect for the sacred relationship between plants and people. Blissoma is cutting-edge chemistry meets traditional herbal knowledge. Their commitment to use carefully sourced, premium, raw, organic botanical ingredients makes me feel good about pampering my skin. I partner with Blissoma to offer you 20% off of their products. Use the code BRUNCH, that's B-R-U-N-C-H, at checkout to lock in your discount. Check out Blissoma.com, that's B-L-I-S-S-O-M-A.com where the most radiant beauty is rooted in balance. Welcome back. It has been a long seven days. It's kind of hard for me to still compute all of the turmoil and hate and sadness that we've been experiencing over these past few months more prevalently, I guess, because it's been there, but the news of uh, Breonna Taylor's murderers not being convicted was devastating. It was paralyzing for me. I, I still don't really have words. I am praying for her family, for her mother, for her love, for her sister her auntie, for all of those people who truly knew her and were touched by this young woman. I send joy and peace your way and I pray that you find your way back to smiles and and find, cherish and find peace in her memories and joy in her memories. I don't want today to be gloom and doom because we have a great guest on on the show today. Makisha Booth, who is a strategist, who is awesome at perfecting systems for your business. I'm, I'm blessed to be able to talk to so many great women who pour into me and who lift me up and inspire me on days like today when it's very heavy for me. I hope that you are finding some kind of peace. I hope that you are reaching out and touching someone who you love and trying to find a way to make change because in my heart I feel that's where we're at we have to actively be seeking change or we will continue to have these days I'm at a point in my life where I never thought I'd experience these type of things and especially not in such a short period of time so it is challenging for me and I'm gonna be honest it just is 
I don't know how to articulate how I feel right now because I've never felt the way I feel. And I'm sure many of you can relate to that. But I do want you to know that there's power in numbers and there's power in speaking. And I want you to take care of yourself and your mental health. And I want you to talk to the people who you need to talk to, to feel how you need to feel and give yourself permission to cry when you need to. Go slow down when you need to. Take off when you need to. PTO is there for a reason, whether we're working from home, still sheltered in place for the most part for most people. But use those hours, take half days, take long baths, take long showers, do whatever you need. But most importantly, take care of yourself. I thank you for listening to the show and for all of your support. I am happy to share this episode with you because Makisha is a woman who has inspired me even more. And, And just knowing that there's other people out there who truly believe in systems and how they make our world better. Um, They can be applied in so many different areas. So I hope you enjoy the show. And if you if you enjoy the show, I'd like it if you share and tag Bakisha or myself and tell us what you walked away from it, uh, walked away with from listening to it. I thank you. Keep me lifted right now as I keep you lifted. And enjoy the show. All right, it's not every day that you hear about a business accelerator for women of color. Today's guest is a lady who not only thought about it, talked about it, but she has done it. So I know you wanna hear all the details and how you can reach out, support, or even be a part of the accelerator. But before you hear from her, I gotta know, have you subscribed? Have you shared and have you reviewed the show? If the answer is yes, I say thank you. That was my Oprah moment, y'all. If the answer is no, then you know what to do. Go ahead and take a moment and just share with somebody you care about. Someone who you know will listen to the show who probably wants to know more about a business accelerator, then share it. If it's someone who you just want to put it on social media, I say thank you in advance. Be sure to tag Brunch and Slay so I can give you a proper thank you. Now. You know, nothing makes me happier than seeing women who look like me strive and slay everything. So today's guest, Ms. Makisha Booth, is the founder of and head business coach at Sisters Biz Global Network. It's a business accelerator, y'all, which I told you before. Welcome to the show, Ms. Makisha Booth. Hey. Hey, sis. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I am excited to have you. You know, I want to know the who, the when, the why, and the what possessed you and got you started with something so (laughs) ambitious and amazing. So you go ahead and tell everybody uh, a little bit about your journey because I'm very interested. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I, um, my startup story is much, um, very much similar to the women I actually help now, which is how I got into what I do. I went through it and then other women were going through it and wanted, and wanted help. So that's how Sister Biz came to be. So I left a six figure job and I use the term left loosely. Um, and went through quite a bit being in a mainstream, um, predominantly white institution and um, decided that it was time for me to leave. It was time for me to take care of my health. It was t- mental, spiritual, emotional, physical health. And that was, for me, looked like me building my own business, never working for anyone else again, 
and doing things on my terms. And so when I started doing that, um, part of the work that I was doing with my consulting firm was business coaching because I formerly worked for the Small Business Administration, owned a day spa and other businesses. And so um, part of the, the services that I offered generally were business coaching, where I started getting a lot of African-American women who were calling and reaching out and saying, hey, sis, can we have coffee? I want to pick your brain. I see what you're doing. I see you, quote, unquote, made it out. And, and I need that kind of help. And we'd have coffee. And it, it would be a conversation that wasn't just about, like, how do I get this business started in terms of the technical stuff, but also just, like, how do I get my mind right for this? Um, how do I recover from what I experienced in my nine to five? Um, often a very emotional or teary-eyed discussion in coffee. And so I started helping women and realizing that a lot of women um, that were starting their own businesses, they were either wanting to leave their nine to five and not ready and didn't have the resources or they left their nine to five and were like literally on this very short runway with their using up, drying up their savings or their retirement funds to get the business off the ground and weren't seeing the results they needed and were like, I need help fast. And often they even had paid very expensive consultants or vendors to help them and weren't getting the results they needed. And so by the time they got to me, they were often dry, didn't have a lot of resources, didn't have a lot of start startup capital if they had any to begin with. And I realized that it needed to be a nonprofit mission to help Black women get their businesses off the ground. Because as I started doing the research, I learned that we are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in the country, but among the lowest earners and among the least funded. And so I knew that it wasn't going to be a for-profit um, venture for me because a lot of the women did not have the money. And I want to see us close this equity gap in our community and build wealth in our community. And so that's how Sister Biz Global Network got started. You know what? I, I'm so glad you touched on a couple of points there because we keep hearing it. We keep reading it. We keep seeing it in our timeline that Black women are killing it in entrepreneurship, but we earn the least. Why do you think that is? Uh, so many reasons. But I mean, you, you think about some of the systemic issues around the wealth gap, um, the access to capital gap. We don't have the same access to the resources that it takes to fuel a business. And often we don't even understand what that looks like. And so what I mean by that is a lot of us, we may make a product or offer a service or have a skill set that we use in our nine to five and we decide to branch out and offer that in our own business. But we don't necessarily have the entrepreneurial skills or the understanding of what it takes to run a business around that product. And part of that lack of understanding comes with this um, kind of myth or misunderstanding around like what it takes to build a business that can really grow and scale to six and seven figures. And often that means you have to put money in. That, quote or that cliche it takes money to make money is real there are people who can kind of hit the jackpot with a product and a service and grow and, and not have any capital to start just because the demand is crazy but that's not common and that's not the norm and really what it often takes is a lot of planning on the front end and pouring dollars into your sales funnel and paying upfront people to design and do work in the business and deliver the product and that stuff takes money and we don't often have that money for a lot of reasons, but some of the biggest systemic reasons are that we don't have the, the wealth gap in the black community is real. We don't have the same access to friends and family dollars that our white counterparts do. And we don't often have the same access to um, um, 
bank funds and, and traditional bank funds because often it requires a level of not only credit but collateral and other financial standing that we haven't you know prepared ourselves for or accessed or learned how to 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 manage and build um and then also there's just this this really um the, the, they they call it the trust gap now, where um, it's very real that because of the historic predatory practices and discriminatory practices in the lending industry, we don't even often look and, and think we can get a loan or qualify a loan or trust that the loan product is one that is is not predatory. So those things um, combined with you know other items and other things. Um, really lead to much lower numbers in access to capital for us. So that means we're bootstrapping, meaning you are basically building a business on E. And so you are starving your business, essentially. And so I think that's what I see most often. Man, that's a whole, that's a whole nother conversation in itself. When I think about, I know so many African-American and women of color, not even just African-American, but women of color who, who own businesses, who we have these conversations and we talk about, how you literally put every dime back into your business and a ton of them are working full-time jobs and trying to, you know, we're doing this because there's a yearning on us and there's something there. I have to believe that having so many African-American women and women of color start businesses, there's some kind of natural, I guess, inclination that, that is there that we probably are pretty good at business, right? I, I don't think it's just because we saw something and said, hey, I could do that. And if that's the case, that's fine too, because you probably can. The thing is, it's not that hard if you got the money. And that's, that's like, I can't tell you, I'm going to be real vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times when I first started, I would see someone pretty much doing the same thing I was, who was not a person of color. And they were like thriving, 300,000 followers, whatever. They're doing big events, got big sponsorships. And I literally would have the same events, probably better quality in a lot of cases. And at the beginning, it was so hard to get sponsors. It was so hard to get people to just give you an opportunity. They would say, oh, you don't have 100,000 more followers. Well, I'll probably get some if you give me some free money to go put up a tent, right. you know, and have a polo theme event. That'd be great. You know, <laughs> mm -hmm. exactly. you know oh, I probably sound a little bitter in that because I was, you know, that's just the truth. Listen, yeah. like Solange said, we got a lot to be mad about. Girl. I am, I am so with you there. Like the reality is that this startup craze that's going across the country, design thinking, startup pitch competitions, and this whole fun idea of like starting this business and you're sitting in a coffee shop with your white friend, Joe, and you write down on a napkin, you draw out what your idea is. And Joe just happens to have an uncle that's going to write you a check for 250K. Like that don't happen to us. That's not our reality. Not, not to the all. same degree at all that they experience access no. to capital, we can't, social, no. and financial. Mm -hmm. We can't even get a two hundred and fifty dollar check, right? Like <laughs> right. seriously, <laughs> let's just let's just be real. Like I'm telling you, back to my soapbox. Seriously, I would find these brands, fall in love with them, do research because I I was looking for someone who had the same background who could probably I could mesh with and kind of learn from them and we learn from each other. And every time they'd be like, oh, their husband's a venture capitalist or oh, they're, you know, oh, they they used to own a PR firm or, or whatever the case may be. And it's like, well, hell, you know, what are we supposed to do? So let's let's break it down. Now, I know what a business accelerator is, but for those who are listening, can you just kind of break down what that is and what it really means? Yeah. So um, the reason why I 
chose to focus on business acceleration versus incubation is incubation is sort of the early stages of business where there's ideation involved, meaning you have an idea and you have a concept that's not really built out. And so you need to do work around that. Acceleration is kind of you're off, you're off the ground, you're running a business, you have clients, you know what you're selling, but it does need development, de development and you need, you know, support accelerating growth. And so I chose to focus more on people who were already in business, women who are already in business and already have a product in um, a product and a or a service that they know and they are confident about selling and they even have an expertise and a skill behind that craft that so that it kind of reduces the risk on our end for who we decide to invest our time and, and, and resources in because a couple of things. I see a lot of sisters who will come to me and say, um, can you help me build this business? And then when we sit down and talk, they're like, oh, I have this idea. But then what about this business? And oh, by the way, I'm running this business. And I'm like, well, are any of them making money? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, no, no, you need to pick one. Pick one. Because you can't have a bunch of non-profitable businesses and you're trying to run all of them at once and you bootstrap and so you don't have any resources to pour into any of them. What was already stretched thin is now basically non-existent in terms of your time and resources once you do that. And so the accelerator is really um, around people who know what they want to sell, know that it sells, they have clients, they just need to, they need support and resources to grow the business. That is so needed. Oh my goodness. And, and you know what, y'all, please don't be offended because this is true. This is the best advice you can give. Have your niche on that niche until you can like breathe it backwards, walk forward in it. And then you, you, you spread out, right? Right. You see right. like, Oh, I, I use, uh, is it Melissa Butler? I use her example with the lip bar. She started out with that lipstick, those five shades. She killed it. She carted them around the country, drove around a van. And then once she was thriving and killing it, even after Shark Tank told her no, perfect example, mm -hmm. right? Of us being told no. And then guess what? Now she has makeup, she has everything, but she owned that one thing that she could shine at, like own that one thing and kill it. And that's hard. I know it is because we're creatives and we're like, but I'm good at this and I'm good at that. But we got it. We got a niche down y'all. That's so true. It's, 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 it's the hardest thing for people to do when I have that conversation. It's, it's, there's a few conversations that I have that I call like tough conversations. I need to make a list of tough com client conversations I have. And one of them is like, you need to narrow in, you need to niche down because you do not have the resources. You are not Walmart. You are not Apple. You do not have the resources to do everything. You cannot compete with companies that do, but what you can do is compete at an, in, at a niche level. So even from the standpoint of like small um, of um, search engine optimization. And so what I mean by that, um, for those that are listening that may not know is when people punch in um, a set of words in Google to look for something, and let's say they punch in um, office furniture, um, you're not coming up as a tiny business. Office Depot is. You can't compete with Office Depot at that level. But if you sell office furniture for disabled um, veterans, like now, when people are looking specifically for that, um, then you will, you're more likely to come to the top of Google. Well, it's like that all across the entire marketing and, and, and sales spectrum. It, when you niche, people who are looking specifically for you come to you because they know you are specifically for them. And it's easier to market and find a niche market than it is to market to the general market. Not to mention your messaging, 
your emails, your advertising copy and content can all be very niche and, and be more effective because you're speaking specifically to an ideal customer who has a very specific need versus a general need. Especially right now, we're all at home, we're getting advertising and, 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 and on, we're, we're all kind of saturated with online messaging and, and advertising. And, and so to the extent that you can find that smaller market that is looking specifically for what it is you're, you're expert at, you're going to do better. And people have a hard time understanding that. They think if I offer more and I sell it for less, I get more customers. If you Walmart, that might be the case but not if you're a small, tiny micro business. Oh, I agree. And in other words, you're doing too much, girl. Like, seriously. Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just going to break it down. You don't want to hear it, but I'm going to be that big sister and say, settle down. Those are great. Put those ideas, jot all those ideas down. Keep them in an ideal binder that makes your heart smile with the purple <laughs> Seriously, because you're going to need them. We're not saying exactly. you won't get there. You're going to get there. We're just saying the best way to get there is to take your time. Slow down keep those ideas. And you hear me talk about it all the time. Know your avatar. You can't know who your avatar, who your true customers are. If you're talking to 50 of them at one time. That's right. Right. That's right. And you can't serve them as well. Like the, the thing about it is, is the smaller, the tighter your niche and the smaller your offer in terms of like just being really succinct, the better you can get at creating systems for delivering and improving that product or service. So you, so people think just, it's just about just offering and delivering the product. No, it's about getting better and constantly upgrading that experience every day. You should be spending your first few years in business always, but definitely your first few years in business are rapid cycles of improvement where you're constantly upgrading and making it better and making it better. Now, if you have 10 product lines to do that with, that's very difficult. You got one product line, you can do that. Oh, that is such great advice. You know, that's why a lot of times you'll see if you've ever taken an online course, uh, you'll see when they relaunch it, they'll have new new modules or improved modules because they're constantly fine tuning that machine. And that is nothing wrong with that. That is the right thing to do. And it's and when you do niche down, you can charge more right? Because you know, you're giving great product, you know, That's that right. you've done the homework, and people will appreciate it. And it's not about the number. If you have 200 people who love what you created and 200 customers who have bragged about you, nurture that relationship. So what, if they, if you have one of those products that only sells once, okay, that's cool. That doesn't mean you stop talking to that customer. You remind them of how great it is so that they tell a friend or they buy it for a friend or they buy it for a family member and you get them to become your super fans and they will trickle it on down, that's you know, right. and tell other people. And that's, that's a huge part of it too, is really nurturing the people who are riding for you. Like, that's don't right. forget about them. Yeah. And figuring out who are the people, like really nailing, like everybody talks about the ideal customer avatar. Like everybody talks about it and so much that I, but I see so many businesses ignoring that, that, that component. Like it's almost like it's falling on deaf ears most days when people come to me. It's like, you really don't know who your ideal customer is and you really don't understand the value behind it. And you go through the exercise of naming the characteristics, the psychographics, the demographics, but then you don't use it. And so that tells me that you don't really understand why it's so important to know who your customer is. The quicker you nail down all of the ins and outs of who is the customer that is not just going to purchase but is hungry to purchase your product, the easier sales becomes. But as, as, as long as you're just trying to talk to any old body, whether they want to hear it or not, whether they need it or not, 
it's a up, it's an uphill battle for you in sales. Well, I have been one busy lady, y'all. I have been working on a project and finally it's live. As you know, I started Brunch and Slay as a event pop-up series that totally morphed into what it is today. Along the way, I'd work with brands and they'd contact me and say, hey, we want to connect with you. We want to get in front of that audience. And lo and behold, it became a business. Y'all, I have not been very vocal about starting it because I didn't know what the heck I wanted it to be. But I'm here to tell you that BAS Media is here to stay. We are an extension of Brunch and Slay. We're an agency for folks just like you. I have decided that I am going to use all those years of marketing and sales background I have to help small businesses build and win. That's right. BASmedia.net is where you can find out all the information about how we help leverage all that you have as a small business to get you on the right path to become a big business. Everything from building your website to local design, brand audits, and even social media management. All under one umbrella, all at affordable costs and rates because I too am a small business and I know the challenges I had when it came time to find resources, people to help us, and even people to publicize us. And we have it all at one place. Head on over to BASmedia.net. Be inspired. Yeah, that's the spaghetti method. I'm gonna call it right now. That's, I'm a marketing person. That's, I'm just made that up. <laughs> spaghetti I love method. It. It's you balling spaghetti, you throw it up against the wall, and hope one of them sticks. That <laughs> is frustrating. That. Right? It's frustrating. It is discouraging, and it will rip all of your hopes and dreams apart. And I say that proudly because I can tell you right now, the last probably two and a half years of my business, I have been not able to do a whole lot as much as I did in the beginning because I was working a full time. I went back to work, which you all, all you guys know. And obviously you are committed with, to the people who are paying you bi-weekly, which means I had to slow down. But thankfully my following and my folks didn't leave. You know why? Because from the beginning I talked to them. I knew who they were. I know what they like. They don't want me to waste their time. I didn't just start sending crap because I was busy and, oh, I'll just send this out. No. I talk to them the same way I always talk to them. Hey, this is what's going on. Y'all, I'm working. <laughs> and this is what the, I'm coming back. And this is what I'll do. It won't be as many events. It won't be as many of this, but it'll still be great quality and worth every moment of your time. People and even for value and relationship. Yes, yes. And even with my email list, I am never discouraged. I'm thankful. Every time somebody unsubscribed, thank you because you right. were wasting my time and my money because I'm paying for you to be on my email. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank you, girl. If you don't like it and you're not reading them now, go ahead and unsubscribe. Do me that favor. And I'm not saying that in a shady way. I'm like, it's okay because now I know who really wants to hear from me. And right. I can really dive deeper in our relationship. That's exactly right. Oh, Makisha. Yes, yes, yes. This is just awesome. So I know that you, now you're a rapid improvement coach, which you kind of talked about that a little bit as far as the systems. And, but when people are listening, there, there are probably a lot of folks that right now is like, okay, I've heard coaches on here, but I'm resonating with this lady. Right. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean for me? So the person who you're working with, how do you help them directly so they can know a little bit more about your services? Yeah, so kind of the areas where I focus on um, supporting a client are in business design. So business model canvassing and business design. And all that means is that I really help you get to the heart of some of the stuff we're talking about 
um, like who your customer is, what your product is going to be, what your revenue streams are going to be so that you're building something that is going to be product profitable. You're building a model before you start writing the business plan, before you start building the business systems, you need a model and a theory of action around like what is actually going to be the thing that's going to make this thing make money and so like we really get the, to the heart of the strategy and the design of the business and then we move into um building the rest of the business and so in the rapid improvement piece it's all about like making sure that you have cycles in your business um, of development for different things so the key to um, rapid improvement is having something that's repeatable in place to constantly improve and so when you're doing things differently every time you're serving clients every time different people are doing different things for your customers or clients every time you don't really have a process that's cyclical written down and very highly systematic um, you're less likely to be able to make rapid improvements on it and to build consistency and i think that's what i see missing in a lot of small businesses in my businesses like you go to your local supermarket chain and what you love about it is that you know it's going to be there you know it's going to be open at the same time you know you're going to get the same products for the most part you know they change out inventory but you know where the, the things in the aisle are you know that when it's time to check out you understand that process as a customer you know what you're getting you know you're going to get it anytime you go there and you know it's going to be the same every time small business owners I often work with them on doing a better job of creating that sort of experience for their customers. One in which their customers know what they're getting, they're going to get it the same way every time, if not better, making improvements to it, obviously, on a regular. But they understand how to interact with the company, the product, the service, and they don't have changes happening or inconsistencies happening that they that make it uh, a product that's not reliable because two things happens when your prop two things happen when your product is not reliable one is i'm not going to use it as systematically or routinely because i don't know if i'm getting the same thing every time i can't make it a part of my routine because it's not something i can rely on and then two i'm not going to refer people because i don't know if they're going to get it at the same every time and so you're leaving money on the table it's a, it's a real big money leak when you don't understand how to create um, a repeatable um, system of delivery for your your business and then behind the scenes same for your employees employees that can count on systems and processes being in place um, and that they are held accountable to using systems and processes routinely um, they're more likely to do a better job can i just say amen amen seriously i i, I say that because i think this is what the folks who are working full-time jobs and starting new businesses this is the thing that's going to keep you from getting burnout Right. So that's exactly what's going to keep you. This is going to help you. It's worth it. It's worth the time that it takes and the funds that it takes before you leave that job, get these systems in place. And I say yes. that because it took me a while to figure that out because when I started Brunch and Slay, I was full-time by myself. It wasn't anyone else. I was a new mom and I was a stay-at-home mom. So I started Brunch and Slay. So for three and a half years, that was it. I, you know, nap time and brunch and slate. So everything was cool. So I didn't need as many automated systems. I thought I had a good control over it. And when I went back to work, I thought I had my systems in place and realized very quickly they were not enough in place. Right. And, that's, that's a yeah. big one right there. Yeah. 
I often tell people like when you create, when you're, when you're thinking about creating a process or a system in your company or doing any function in your company, do it as if you're only doing it to show somebody else and that you're leaving town next week and they got to take everything you gave them and do it for you. Pretend like you're not going to be here next week at all. What would a person need to be able to do this particular function while you're gone exactly the way you do it every single time? Hey, another amen. I mean, I don't even know what else to say other than y'all. This, these small steps, consistency is key, right? And so real talk, because we're sisters and we're friends here, I can tell you, nobody cares if you had to work late. Nobody cares right. if you had a business trip. Nobody cares that your baby's sick. They know that right. either that podcast is supposed to come out every Tuesday. So you said it was cute the first 10 weeks. And then all of a sudden you disappear for two months, three years, and you want us to fall in love with you again. I get that part too. But at the same time, there are other ways of touch points. So if something happens, you should have multiple touch points that people will be able to still get something from you that they need. Mm -hmm. And that is tough. It's a big pill to swallow. But this is why, like, literally, Makisha and I were just talking before we started recording about how she and I batch different things about our business so that when those times, like, I've had, unfortunately, some real hard deaths in my family to where mm -hmm. I didn't even want to pick up a microphone or get near the computer. And thank God I had everything already in place. Everything yeah. that was supposed to go out was already scheduled, you know, three or four months out and I could just breathe and I didn't have to feel like I was letting anybody down. And That's I don't right. wish that on you, but I'm just telling you, girl, right. it's not that hard. Yes. Let's just stay ready. Like literally this is step one. And I'm so excited that Makisha's on and sharing this because I don't know if we've ever really dove deep into systems on the show and how important they are. I know I've said, say consistent, but I don't think, I think I've done you a disservice by not really diving deep in how that helps you be prepared. And what I did, I would take off a day of work and I would just batch stuff up, you know, and that helped too. So use that PTO, you know, instead mm -hmm. of taking a week long vacation, do a long weekend vacation, leave on Thursday, take a holiday, whatever Monday and do that. And then save that PTO for your business right take a day and batch and and record or, or videos or do blog posts or whatever it is you need to do but it is so worth it girl it is so worth it yeah right? that's a really good side hustle tip for if you in a nine to five trying to move to full-time like definitely take that year set your freedom date the date you want to say goodbye deuces and backwards map all the systems and structures and things that need to be in place and every week just like, you know, set that time aside. And I think that the, the um, batching thing is, is really important because it's a time saver. Like when you get into a, like routinized place where you're doing something over and over again, you start to do it faster. So if you create one video, then you got to move to a coaching call, then you got to move to getting on the website and doing that. Like it's a whole setup and breakdown of moving from one task to the other that takes up your time. But if you just go ahead and knock out them 10 videos for the quarter, you know, them 12 videos, if you're going to do weekly for the quarter, it's easier to get stuff done. And, and I can't stress, like it's, it's, it's about making sure that you save time in the business and make things easier in the business so that one day you don't have to be the one doing everything and it's easy to pass it on or sell the business because the systems are in place and the customer still will experience the same thing because those systems are in place but it's also about like customers like you're not going to get revenue if people don't know that they're going to get you're not going to get consistent returning loyal customers if your service is not consistent Man, and I'm going to say one more thing, y'all, and I'm not perfect. 
I'm not, my business is not uh, on a fortune 500 yet. You know, like there's a lot of things. I'm just telling you things that keep me from going off on my husband and <laughs> yelling at my kid. Right. So <laughs> the next thing I would say is we kind of talked about in the beginning when you're good at something and you, you already get paid to do it for someone else and you decide that's the business you're going to go in. Right. Or maybe somebody says, girl, your t-shirts are bomb. You should definitely sell them. That's great. That was the right thing for them to say. You should be excited. And you should look into that business. But what you should also do is take your time. You know, yes. what Keisha just said about taking that year, that means don't just launch it because you got two t-shirts. Do everything. You know why? Because you need to create nurture campaigns for that email list. You need to create reminders. Hey, your shopping cart, this shirt is still there. There's so many aspects of it that will overwhelm you if you just jump into it. Right. That's so true. And that's in the so beginning, true. I used to jump, jump, jump. You know why? Because that's my nature. That's my personality. I'm like, jump, because if you don't, you'll talk yourself out of it. Well, that's great in the beginning, like jumping off a boat to get in the ocean. You know, that's not so great when you're putting your money at stake and in business. And I literally, just the other day, I had someone talking to me about one of the courses we're going to launch. She's like, you should do it now because people need it. I'm like, that's great. And I appreciate your enthusiasm, but I don't have the systems in place that are going to make it look like the quality that our people expect and to make sure that I don't go crazy and I'll just have to miss that money right now. And it's simple as that. And that was tough for me. That's a growth. That's a growth. <laughs> That's growth yeah, because yeah. Uh, I realized that I would be setting myself up for, for failure. It'd be great for a moment, but it wouldn't be great for a long term. And that's yes. a huge, a huge task that we have to challenge ourselves with because we, Makisha and I want, want all of us to succeed. We're here for you. Email that's us, right. DM us. We want to talk you down off that ledge, but this is so important. I'm so glad we're having this conversation. Yeah. I call it a year zero. Um, ah. if you have, if you have the opportunity to have a year zero for your business, use it. Like that's the year where you're just going to plan and get things in order and you should do some testing of the product. So you should try to get sort of what they call a minimum viable product. And that's like a, a version of your product that is like a beta, um, like smallest version of your product that doesn't take a lot of money to make, but you can get a sense of if people like the product or not by putting it out there. So you can test your product during that year zero. And you should be doing that during your year zero, but running a full fledged business, hiring employees, getting everything in place. Um, the worst thing you could do is try to, as a first time business owner, just launch the business with none of that stuff in place. And then you're basically building the plane while you're trying to fly it. It is not fun. No. It is very stressful. It's very difficult. Um, and if you don't know what you're doing, it makes it even worse and it reduces your chances of success. Oh yeah. And then one more thing, because we're not a total buzzkill, but those folks who, who supported you and said, Hey, start that business. They're not going to be able to buy enough to keep you self-employed. They just won't be able to whatever That's that product right. is that they already have one. Right. So you, that's the whole point of doing that beta testing and A and B testing or whatever the, the case may be and doing your research so that you truly know if it is a need or just something for a small niche. And if it is, who is that niche? Where can you find them and where do they live? Right? That's right. That's right. So what is the business academy? The Business Academy um, is houses my free training boot camps. Um, and so we do business design boot camps. We do sales funnel boot camps. That one is coming up um, in May, but it repeats throughout the year. Um, and then it also houses my nine-month cohort program. So we bring on nine to 10 women that we take through a full nine months of business makeover, business design, um, business development, help them rebuild their business, their sales systems, their their 
their model um, and, and get all things in order in their business. And so um, the Business Academy is where I house all the trainings. And those are the two primary trainings, the four-week boot camp that repeat throughout the year and then the nine-month boot camp that we have every year. Then we also have at the end of the year, every year, we have what's called Gold Digger, and that's a three, like a two to three day retreat where we help you just get your entire life together for the upcoming year and build out your full business plan, map out your numbers and your goals, your core strategies in sales and marketing, the systems and processes you're going to build out in the upcoming year, do a little bit of, uh, you know, nighttime, hanging out, um, um, pajama party, um, bonding, and, 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 and morning yoga and stuff like that. So those are the sorts of things that happen in the academy. That is so cool. And you get to be around people who look like you, who probably share yes. the same experiences as you. And, and it's done in excellence. And that's the beautiful thing. Um, that's amazing, Makisha. Are you killing it over there in Colorado, girl? I appreciate you saying that. And we are definitely like all of our members and um, because we have a paid membership, monthly membership program. um, All of our members are across the country. So we got folks in California and New York and Virginia and Georgia. So, yeah. Um, So right now, what are three things that someone who's listening, who's on the fence, like what what hard questions can they ask themselves? Uh, about their business and about where they want to be that will let them know that, hey, this it's time to make a step. It's time to make a move. Ooh, three hard questions. <sighs> the first question is, is my product good? Is my product or service offering good? Is it something that people will want to pay for? Not just, hey, oh, hey, girl, that's nice. You know how to make cakes, but will I put my credit card number in in the form and order one of them cakes that's different um and and are there enough people that want to purchase do you have a market um that you know enough people that want to purchase your product that would help you reach your revenue goal so do you have six figures worth or seven figures worth of people out there that would buy this product um and then i would say the third um one is a hard, like this could be a whole nother episode is around like, do I need to work on my skills around customer service and quality assurance um, and brand um, development? And by brand, I don't just mean your logo and your visual brand. I mean the entire customer experience that you create. Is it professional? Is it quality? Is it wowing folks? Um, do I need to do work to put things in place so that um, everything that I'm presenting is in excellence? Those are some excellent questions. And I, I don't want you guys to be discouraged about, well, who do I ask? Guess what? Facebook has the option to take polls. You can make a poll in your post and people can answer questions there. You can text people, which I do all the time. I will text uh, pretty much everybody in my phone and say, hey, I need you to answer two questions. Like, would you do this or would you do that? Or would you, especially in the beginning, I used to do that all the time, which helped me a lot. And then mm-hmm. you honestly, let's just, let's just be real, real. And I'm, and I'm just going to say it. Sometimes you just need to look at it and say, would I even buy that? Right. Right. And if you know that if you like the perfect example, you make cakes, if you know that that cake didn't turn out right, the last three didn't, or, uh, you know, you got a little sloppy, then you know that you should throw it in the trash because you know that that's not worth what you ask the people to pay for. And those are the hard, tough conversations that we have to be prepared for. And we have to do that pretty much with everything we put out. Because unfortunately, the truth of the matter is, as women of color, we don't get a second chance. 
Yeah, a key element of rapid improvement is knowing how to take, receive, seek out, and use feedback. And there's this book called Thanks for the Feedback. I really recommend people um, read that book if they really want to improve in their business and just generally exercise growth mindset because I think that a lot of times we want to hear, oh, it's great. And I'm the opposite in my work. I tell all my customers when they come in for boot camps and trainings and we give surveys after everyone, I tell them, if you don't give me feedback and tell me something I could do better, then this survey is not working. Like for me, I need to hear what didn't work. I need to hear what could be better. I need mm -hmm. to hear how to take my stuff to the next level. And so I, I talk to sisters sometimes and they don't really they can't really receive it they take it personal the worst thing you could do in your business is take feedback personal instead of taking it and using it to build a better product and service oh that's great advice now i know you're a busy lady and the world is constantly giving you new entrepreneurs to work with so what vibes and prayers can we send to you to help you along your journey Oh, I appreciate that, sis. Um, wow, that I've never had that on an interview before. That's dope. Um, I would say if you're praying for us over here at Sister Biz, pray that we are able to really reach all the women who need our help, especially during these times. And pray, please pray that our our women and our network stay tight knit and close and support each other because one person can't do it. My my vision for Sister Biz is that we bring leaders to the network work like leaders in entrepreneurship that they come together and they're able to help each other through peer consultancy through masterminding through sending leads and referrals to each other through investing in each other so I don't want it to be just sort of like this thing where I'm teaching or coaching I want it to be a network of women who are teaching coaching and, and building up each other and so if you pray for anything just pray for our sisterhood to continually grow into that no you got it you got it and I think that it's excellent what you're doing. And I, I don't know if you guys are out there and you are already an active entrepreneur or you're just starting out. I can tell you right now, it's very lonely. It's very yes. lonely when you're building, especially when you start to see any kind of inkling of success, whatever your version is. Um, it is, it's tough. And even the people you love the most, who you talk to every day, if they don't have a business, they want to understand. And sometimes you need to talk right. to people who just get it. And you will get offended by your family members because they don't understand. So it's That's best right. to not even go to them with those things. So you need a community, y'all. You need one. So true. Yeah. So, so true. Yeah. Man, I needed this today. This has been phenomenal. Oh, this has been great. I'm so glad you invited me. Yeah. So you can brunch this Saturday with anyone you want that are alive. Who are you brunching with? Um, I can, if I could brunch with anyone? Anyone. Doesn't have to just be one person either. And they, should they be famous or? No, whoever you want. Um, well, I just recently met Oprah. I would love to continue Shut that. Shut up. Yes, I would love to continue that with a private brunch with Oprah. First of all, how did we not start with that? You just recently met Oprah. Tell me more. Tell me <laughs> more. Yeah. In my grease voice. Tell me more. Tell me more. Come on. <laughs> no, no, that was not as big of a deal as it sounds. Um, she was on tour and I was invited to one of her kind of VIP private after hours. Um, after the show thingies and so we got to meet and talk and take pictures with her and that sort of thing so i'm going to say this because i think you're you're discounting this this is a real experience okay that was oprah there is no that's not a big deal it's a freaking big deal that you got to go to that party i went to the tour and i let me tell you something i was not invited to a party <laughs> 
but you own that girl. That is amazing. Yeah, I mean, just to be in her amazing. presence, like exactly. she is that kind of lady, like that's biblical, like seriously, real talk, because she's doing God's work. Yeah. And to be in the same room and to be even on some list of somebody who invited you, thought of you, or, or you had the coins to pay for it, that's accomplishment. So, hey, hey. We're going yes, gonna, to gonna give that credit. Yes, we're not going to sugarcoat. We're not going to I, I appreciate that. you yes. right about that. I'm yes. definitely walking, sitting at and receive that. Because <laughs> let me tell you, I, I don't even, I hadn't talked about it on the show. When I went, my mom went with me and I was invited, thankfully, by one of my clients to their suite. And when Oprah hit that stage, y'all, I've never cried at a concert. I have never fangirled out, but I was a 12-year-old girl screaming and yelling and uh, jumping up and down like I was at a New Edition concert circa 1987. It was crazy. Candy girl, all the way. All the way. Definitely, definitely, (laughs) I'm definitely the opposite of a fangirl. Like, I don't go to concerts. I don't fan out over celebrities. I grew up in New York City, so I know a lot of people that know celebrities and stuff. And so it's, it's, it's not a thing for me, but it was that day. I was over yeah. there like, what am I going to say? When I go up to her? Like, <laughs> what what, what, what <laughs> does one say to Oprah? Wait a minute. I thought you might want to know about what's happening next week. Oh, man, girl, the future, the way that I see um, everything is evolving is I really honestly think that people want to place almost like a one shop where they could just come and just have an experience of everything and I think as I begin to grow it's almost like everybody has different phases in their life but each phase teaches them something about themselves just like how you say said you was doing so many things and you had that entrepreneur skill I think that what people are looking for now is a place where they can honestly get it all um and that's where I kind of feel it's such a weird feeling I'm like Jesus what is this but I, I just feel as things just begin to just grow that people are looking for a place that they could literally call home <laughs> yeah i i'm, I'm not I, like seriously I'm, I'm i'm in you know i'm just like in awe right now so that's mm-hmm. awesome that's an excellent way to wrap up this beautiful thing we call brunch and slay man it's been now where can people follow you how can they support you Yep, I'm at www.sista.biz. And sista is like not with an E-R, it's an A-H, so sista, so S-I-S-T-A-H.com. And then you can also find us on IG or Facebook. We're at Sista Biz. And then we have a really dope Facebook group. Like I put a lot of information, resources, challenges, and tools in our Facebook group. So find us on Facebook group, Sista Biz Global Network. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Now, if you enjoyed listening to Makisha and I really dive deep into just the basics, the things that we all need to know, especially for those of us who are working a full-time job and trying to navigate, I hope you walk away from this knowing the importance of systems and knowing that you're not alone. We're not just saying this to preach to you. We're trying to help because we truly believe that when we build, we win. And if you're listening to this, I think you believe it too. So share this with someone you care about, who you want to see thrive. Um, And and let us know your feedback. Go ahead and follow Makisha and support Sisters Biz so that we can know that we aren't, you know, taking time out of our days to pour into you and it's not in vain. So until next time, always remember no matter what, if she can, I can, we all can. This is Bunchy Slate.